0: up to $100. Just visit prizepix.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks Daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
1: Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse basketball's big win over Boston College and the emergence of two key freshmen. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's 2003 national champion and The Juice Online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great, Andrew, and I want to get you started on this one. Each year you tell me, hey, Wes, give me three to five games to tell you what I think of this team, and lo and behold, here we are. So I ask you this, what do you think of this team?
2: You know, it, it's interesting. I think the I think the Rutgers game tells a little bit more about the team than maybe the
1: BC game,
2: but it, I kind of like where they're at. I think they're they're at a place where, you know, you look at the team now, and when you see them again in February and March, I think they're going to be just a much better team, much more... Understanding of each other. It's like it's just a, they're they're just at a at a stage where where Griffin's got to learn more about how Buddy plays on the zone and defense and offense and there's so many more learning that they'll get better with time because they're gonna learn from each other. I think we know what each uh, player kind of you know their best attributes are, but it's more about learning to play together and. You know, given this unique year, you know, they probably don't get that opportunity early on in the season because of preseason and practice. And so, um, you know, you're going to see uh, games where each game is probably just going to be a helpful improvement in terms of how, how to play together, both defensively and offensively.
1: Andrew, Jim Beheim rarely plays freshman, but it looks like right now Woody Newton and Kadari Richmond are going to play significant and meaningful minutes this season.
2: Yeah, it looks like one hundred percent, probably because they, you know, they have to
1: because of, of just the, uh, you
2: know, you need rest players. But I think I really like Richmond. I think he showed in the in the Rutgers game in terms of he's always got his head up. He's always looking for the pass or looking for that movement from a player. He seems composed. Um, he doesn't seem over one. Obviously, he's not a great shooter yet, and you know his body, continue, you know, will probably still need to be improved in terms of getting ready for college basketball and so forth. But He's a freshman, and as I said, I was saying earlier, he's going to be better in February than he is now in December. And so uh, and the same thing with, with Newton. You hear, you heard Boeheim after the D.C. game talk about how he, he picks up things really quick. He's not scared, and that's a big thing for Boeheim. Is, you know, don't play scared. Just play. Um, you know, use your talent and, and you know, let the best um, come from it. So I think those are two great freshmen that will – are showing great signs now, but we will show even better signs come February and March.
1: Joe Girard played his best game of the season with 17 points, five rebounds, and five assists. He's really struggled to start the year, especially in that loss to Rutgers, not just offensively, but on defense. Was there genuine cause for concern or were we looking at too small of a sample size?
2: Yeah, see, I was never worried about Girard because to me, he is just a, a, a pure Cooper, as we call him, just just a basketball player, right? He isn't, overwhelm you with unbelievable athleticism, you know, in terms of super great speed or super great jumping ability. He just can just play, like, just get him on the court and can play. And to me, watching him play, it was more of just a confidence level. He was just out of rhythm Forcing it. I think there was a play in the Rutgers game where he, he did a move and went behind the back to get separation and he lost the ball and, and didn't fight for it, you know, get it back. I, he was just like, almost looked like he was like, I can't believe I lost that. Like, I, I could do that move 100 times and might lose it once uh, out of 100. And that's just the confidence thing. And I think just the BC game was, was a game you needed just just to get back in the flow, get shots, see the ball go in the hoop. And so, to me I was never worried. I knew it eventually it'd come around, um, because that's what he is. He's just he's not someone like I mean, he needs to be in the gym another extra hour to shoot shots or work like he just has to get that um, mental and familiarity with uh the game to get back to uh normal. So I was never too worried about it but it's always good to see uh kinda of get that pickup game back uh against Boston College.
1: Andrew, I really liked what I've seen from Alan Griffin so far. He's SU's leading scorer at 18.4 points per game, and he's filled in nicely for Elijah Hughes. I know he's still got a lot to learn on the defensive end, but you have to like what you've seen from him so far.
2: 100%. You know, he's a scorer, he's someone that can, you know, get his own shot. And so I I think that's someone that we're going to need, you know, for those last five minutes of games. You know, I always talk about who's that guy who can step up in terms of. you know, can create his own shot when we really need a basket, and he has that uh, capability. So I think also, as you said, on the defense, you know, that's something that he, he's going to have to learn uh, because the zone is so different. I think you see, see the same thing with Richmond, like watching him play uh, defense in the zone, like sometimes his arms are down or he's not, he's watching the ball move instead of moving. And that's just coming into a new, a new way of playing zone. When you're in high school, You're always looking at zone as something where you're kind of like where you catch your breath or or you relax. But with Behind, it's a totally different type of zone. It's a very active. It's a very uh, react. You know, you have to anticipate and um, just a high high basketball IQ. And I think he's just got to both Griffin and Richmond will just have to learn those things. and, And again, more time, more playing. And you're gonna have those ups and downs where they forget to close out on a guy because they're just watching the ball because they're not used to playing this type of zone. But um, you know, I, I'm more excited about you know what this team can accomplish once they get into February, and March. But it's going to be some some tough some tough games. I think it, it, it's really going to come down to those games that you know the you know the last TV timeout right, that under four minute TV timeout is you know if you're up five or down five, how how does that finish? You know, do you hold the lead and get the win? And, and if you're down five, do you, are you able to come back? And, and steal victory and those little you know those small windows and small details are going to determine you know if we're playing and you know much madness or not
1: and speaking of impressive players let's talk a little Quincy Gurrier because he's been a completely different player than he was from his freshman year it looks like he's over that lower body injury because he's averaging 16.2 points and 8.6 rebounds and really understanding how to use that 220 pound frame yeah, absolutely.
2: He's active. You know, to me, even his shot looks better, you know, looks better in terms of l- a little bit more fluid. But uh, as you said, another year, you're comfortable, you know, going into the year, you, you know what you can bring to the team, you know, how the zone works, you kn- you know, behind and that second year, it's such a, uh, um, I think you're just going to the season more comfortable of your role and how, you know, how, what the physicality is of college basketball and the daily grind of it. So, um, you know that it's always great to see that uh, type of improvement. Some some players, you know, don't you know, don't improve, and, and they, maybe because they get lazier this summer or it's a mental thing. But you know, that's what you you want to see from being a freshman to a sophomore, and then hopefully sophomore to junior. So he, you know, you, you kind of almost don't worry about him too much because you, you kind of know what you're going to get from him: active rebounding, um, just always being around the ball, ball hawk. Um, and so when you get, you know, a 25 or, you know, 20, 25 point game from him, you know, that's just added bonus um, because you, you just know he, he's the type of guy who's always going to bring that energy. In, and 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 that's key. You, you want guys like that.
1: Andrew, how do you see this rotation playing out when Barama C D B returns? When he comes back, Syracuse is going to run eight deep and it's hard to see Jim Beheim either having Alan Griffin or Quincy Gurrier coming off the bench. Given how well they played, I just think Beheim's going to have some interesting decisions about who will play and who will start.
2: Yeah, it, it will be interesting when he comes back, um, and, and a little bit is, you know, when he comes back does he really start? Like how game ready is he and, sh- and game shape ready? It's all—it's really going to. I think Beheim—it's all going to be kind of what you what does he want more in terms of how the game is flowing? Like, do we need more offense where we're going to have to go smaller and have Dolezal in the middle and keep Griffin and Buddy and and Quincy on the floor? Or are we just getting dominated on the the boards down low and we need a bigger – and you almost put Griffin at the two and maybe Buddy's not playing as much because you want uh, more defense and more rebounding all over the place – so I think this is going to be a, a, the type of game and opponent uh, in terms of what what do we need from the team because everyone you have trade offs everywhere in terms of uh, you know if you go more offensive and, and keep Doja in the middle and having Quincy and Griffin then you know you're gonna you're gonna give up some rebounds because one you know Griffin is still an offensive player playing you know you know on defense down low and having to you know be be bigger on the boards. So I think that's what makes. Uh, and so like my year when we had Mello and Hakeem, what made them so unique, and especially Mello, is that yes, he was a he was an unbelievable uh, scorer and pure offensive player, but he's also just a beast on the boards and just grabbing and rebounds. And same thing with Hakeem where you have six nine with that length, he, he you didn't give up. You had the best of both worlds. You had someone, they had two guys who are great in terms of rebounding and defense wise, but also unbelievable scores it's hard to find that those type of combinations um so you, so Boeheim is just going to have to kind of just figure out the flow of the game and in game you know where where you got to make the adjustments and, and that's where it will come from
1: and Andrew we'll get you out of here on this one now that you've been able to see the team for a few games and make an assessment how do you project Syracuse doing this year are they a bubble team or are they a team that can make a run in the NCAA tournament
2: yeah, I, I I do think it's it's one of those teams where you're we're gonna be every game. It's gonna be a nail it's gonna be a nail biter to the end in terms of March Madness, right? In terms of is you know are we gonna sneak in? I, I don't I just don't see a team as like a three seed going there. I think it's I, I, again one of those and they could surprise me on the on the upside, but I think it's gonna be somewhat of a of a bubble team. But I do think we're, we're gonna be better. Really better in February and March, and that go you're, you're kind of getting into that in their pure form at the right time, and you could see a, a really good run uh, if they make it into into March Madness. No matter what seed you are, I, I don't think there's anything any real dominance or plethora of dominant teams. So you could be a 12 seed and probably win uh, the national championship. So it's just a matter a matter of getting in. And I think, um, you know, I think the way that they're all going to improve and improve together, playing together, that um, I think they, they could be kind of a, a fun team to to get going in, in March. So I think it's it's like I said earlier, those the games that we're all we're all watching and we're up by five points with with three and a half minutes to go. Well, what what do we do? Are we are we strong enough to hold on to that lead, or do we kind of give it away? Those those are the type of games that are, are going to come back to haunt us if we don't hold on to those wins or vice versa, if we don't come back from a, uh, from down three with three and a half minutes to play. So I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be watching every single game. Uh, hoping we get the W because I think it's going it, to, it should be a, probably a close call in terms of getting it.
1: Andrew, thanks again for coming on the program again, former Syracuse guard and the juice online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, great stuff as always appreciate the time and we'll speak with you soon. All right. Thanks Wes. Have a good one, man. Always great speaking with Andrew, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad Syracuse with a 101-63 win over Boston College on Saturday. It's rare to see a college team score over 100 points, but the Orange was just unstoppable from the opening tip against the Eagles. They really had it going on Saturday.
3: They certainly did, Wes, and can we package that in a box and serve it every game? I mean, boy, what a joy it is to watch when everything is clicking. And I think for Syracuse teams, we've talked about it before, it's always going to start with the defensive end. We know there's plenty of offensive firepower on this team when Alan Griffin had transferred over from Illinois and the great shooting backcourt of Joe Girard and Buddy Beheim. And, boy, what an important part Buddy Beheim is not only to what he brings to the team offensively and his shooting from the outside and how he's improved into his third year with the program, but how also he brings out the best in Joe Girard and his other teammates on the court. So the offense for Syracuse, I think, is going to continue to flourish as the season goes on. The ball movement in the Boston College game and the other wins earlier has been really something that stands out in getting good shots, good looks at the basket, and I think that the inside play once Barama Sidibe comes back uh, to join Merrick Jolizai and the really rapidly uh, improving Quincy Garrier is going to produce offensive production inside as well. Then it comes again down to the defense. Can the zone defense force the opposition into taking hurried looks, bad looks from the outside and really controlling play on the inside from a, you know, a defensive standpoint. Boxing out, getting the rebounds on the offensive glass, and I think that you know as the season goes on, uh, as it has been hard for all teams with limited practice times and the unusual up and down nature of games being canceled and new games being scheduled, that you know this the learning process is exactly what Professor Bayheim likes to do as the season progresses, especially in December. The fact though this was the first conference game is that much more appealing. Uh, to Syracuse fans as the season does progress.
1: Brad, Syracuse adding a tune-up game against Northeastern on Wednesday. They also have a Saturday game against Buffalo and then two ACC games before the end of 2020 against Notre Dame and Wake Forest. What are you looking for as we close out the calendar year?
3: One of the most intriguing thoughts I've had about the lineup is this, Wes. When Barama Dba is healthy and he's eligible to come back and compete on the court, What's gonna be the starting lineup? Because how do you take Alan Griffin and or Quincy Guerrier out of the lineup? I don't think you can do that. I think the starting lineup that was uh, in, in the game against Boston College is the starting lineup that we should see moving forward with Barama Sidibe coming off the bench as opposed to Alan Griffin or Quincy Guerrier. Because as I mentioned earlier, Guerrier's improvement from his freshman year has been outstanding. He's so much stronger. He's doing so many more things at both ends of the court. And then Alan Griffin, all he's done has been the leading scorer so far for Syracuse. So that's really intriguing to me what Jim Bayheim is going to decide from a starting lineup standpoint. And as I think as the roster shakes out right now, what do we usually see with a Jim Bayheim coach team? Seven to eight players, and we pretty much have an eight-player lineup set with the starters I mentioned, Sidibe coming back, and then freshman Kedari Richmond and Woody Newton. That's going to be the eight that really plays the most minutes going through the rest of the season for the Orange. I really do like the fact that there are ACC games early in this schedule in December because not only is it a chance to get higher up in the ACC standings, but you're playing a mix of quality opponents in addition to the traditional smaller schools in the non scheduled portion of the season. I think it's great that Syracuse was able to add Northeastern on Monday as a game in the Carrier Dome on Wednesday afternoon. Really important to have another tune-up. Then along with Buffalo uh, this coming weekend, before they get into, again, as you mentioned, a couple of ACC games heading into the first of the year and that big one January 2nd on the road against North Carolina. So, again, I'm really intrigued what that starting lineup when Barama Sidibe comes back if it will remain intact as it did against BC, or if Jim Beheim will make any changes.
1: And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts?
3: Well, we've been talking basketball, but let's not forget the football early signing recruiting period is coming up this week. A key milestone in Dino Babers at the end of his fifth season going into his sixth. They got a lot of great verbal recruits from top players Uh, during the summer and the fall, and let's see how that materializes here in the early signing period, what kind of salesmanship Babers and his staff have done to improve the talent level for Syracuse to make a run at competing uh, in the ACC next year for a bowl game, and I'm really intrigued to see how recruiting shakes out early on.
1: Brad, my closing thoughts are on Orange in the NBA as we are in the thick of the preseason. Carmelo Anthony, Jeremy Grant, Michael Carter-Williams, O'Shea Brissett, and of course the recently drafted Elijah Hughes, all representing the Orange. It's always great to follow Syracuse alumni in the NBA, and here's wishing those five guys great seasons ahead. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is West Chang reminding you that I want a landline that is a camera phone. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time.